Hello and welcome to the Geeks at the Gates. Um, Happy New Year. It is the first Geeks at the Gates of 2019 because we were all far too lazy to do it for the last couple of weeks. So we are here, uh, me, Reggie Rigby, comic book retailer, wannabe writer, all of that stuff. Um, Also with me is Hat. Hello. Did we decide on an aspirational carpenter? Aspirational carpenter. Aspirational carpenter. Aspirational carpenter Hat. Um, and King of Geeks, Geek Book Quiz Master, Moderately Sane Scientist, Steve. Hello. And check Steve out working the mic. No, right? Now that we've got the mics back, it's exciting. <laughs> it's like I've worked in radio and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we are here uh, to discuss, overall, the 11th series of modern Doctor Who. I've lost. Who? I've lost. Ca- you can't really call it New Who now. It's nearly fifteen years old. It's eleven seasons. It's it's been going around for a bit now. It's still New Who, compared to yeah. yeah I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what se- what series it is. If you take Old Who into account, because I can never remember how many there were. I think it was thirty six, wasn't it? Thirty six series. I feel like you're right. You're going to try and get the internet. <laughs> which will make this <laughs> good luck. I'm quickly IMDBing. <laughs> which will make this series forty seven. Wow. That's a, that's. In fifty, okay. in terms of like longest years? running shows, does it count because of the hiatus in inverted commas or no? According to the Internet Movie Database, twenty six seasons of original Doctor Who, which is six hundred and ninety six episodes. So twenty six, which would make this season thirty seven. Thirty seven in fifty four years. That's not but actually more than fifty four years, isn't it? It's fifty five. It's fifty six this year. God, it's been going a long time. Um, and actually, yeah, I do count it because we had there was all kinds of stuff going on whilst it wasn't on the BBC. Mm-hmm. There was the TV movie that is canon. We have to accept it, and I'm happy to accept it. <laughs> I'm happy to accept it because it does mean that Paul McGann counts, and he was actually quite good. And he's a lovely man in real yeah. life. And you know what, though? Okay, I I am obviously very gay, uh, and grew up in the '90s, and I watched Queer as Folk, which was Russell T Davis TV series about gay men in Manchester in the 90s and one of the things, one of his main characters in that was in love with Doctor Who and was obsessed with Doctor Who and was basically him. Um, Yeah, that was very much Russell T Davies. Very, very self-insert, very self-insert. But one of the lines in that show all the way through was Paul McGann doesn't count. So I would like to state that Russell T Davies did at one point believe that Paul McGann didn't count. But he does. But he does. He does and he does, he definitely does now because he's actually been in New Who. Yes, he, yes he has been in yeah. you, I know. So, he counts. I'm still sad about it, not going <laughs> to lie. I just remember being so excited for that one special. Oh. And so disappointed. It was dreadful. But we're not here to talk about that. Thank God. So, we've had a bit of a chat about Doctor Who already. It seems like ages ago. It was about three weeks ago, actually, wasn't it? Maybe four. Mm, more than that. Three three weeks ago, we did Spider-Verse, so yeah. it's the one before that. So it's the one before that one. Okay, so five. Yeah. A while ago. Go back and find out the, the second to last episode. I can say I could probably look it up, but I can't be bothered. But we had a bit of a chat. So, you know, people know... <laughs> we had a bit of a chat, and I screamed about one particular episode. As did I. Your ears yes. nearly bled. Yes. Sorry, everyone. Um, that's okay. We we might have to come back to that. Um, I'm really sorry. Because <laughs> I've seen it now as well. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. I, I couldn't not have to do <laughs> So, we're not going to talk about individual episodes. We're not, this isn't going to be an episode guide. Um, it is going to be really spoilery, though, so pause for the spoiler horn. Spoilers! Spoilers! Not an episode guide, it's an overview um, of what we thought. The good and the bad. There was some bad, not much, in my view. I don't know how you feel about it. 
kind of sorry we did that. That's the sound of Reggie's notebook hitting the floor. This is why I don't normally make notes. I wish Matt was here. Uh, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> It's only going to happen one more time, and then it's going to be really funny. <laughs> it's never happening again. Uh, as I was saying, I wish Matt was here, because I think around the table, we all sort of liked it. I think we're all pretty positive uh, about it. Yeah, on the whole, generally, and Matt, yes, overall. Matt isn't. So it would have been, I mean, obviously he's wrong, but it would have been nice to have a dissenting voice. It's so interesting, and we'll, we'll get into this when we talk more about the, the New Year's Day episode, how so many people have been going, oh, I really don't like to do Doctor Who, it's, you know, it's too PC, it's too much this, it's too much, too much diversity. Believe me, we're, blah, all, blah, we're coming out to all blah, of blah, that. Blah, 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 all of this. And then the Resolution episode, oh, it's the best Doctor Who's been for ages, and I kind of feel the opposite way around. But right. let's, we will come to that. Let's come to that. We will come to that. Let's start with, let's be honest, the most important bit, which is the Doctor herself. Obviously, a lot of people have wanted this for a very long time. I'm just going to throw out there um, that Sidney Newman, the creator of the show, tried to sell the BBC on female Doctor in the 1980s when Tom Baker left. Wow. Uh, and the BBC at that time were not having any. Although, I understand that it wasn't the idea of a female doctor they didn't like particularly. It was what Sidney Newman wanted to do with it. Um, they didn't like the, they didn't want hit the show to go in the direction Sidney Newman wanted it to go in. So they declined his kind offer to come back. So it's not like it's a new idea. And a lot of people, as I say, have wanted it for quite a long time. So I think it was the best choice they made. I think it was absolutely brilliant. Oh, nearly got the third time with the uh, notebook drop there. I'm really pleased I put my tea on that shelf over there. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it's something Going on my it's, it's something that we were expecting to, to be announced prior to Peter Capaldi. Yeah, I think a lot of people were surprised that Peter Capaldi, well, not that Peter Capaldi wasn't a woman. Obviously, we all know that Peter Capaldi is not a woman, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I, do you know what's really funny? I really never thought about it at all. Um, I just didn't. And I'm, I love Jodie uh, Whittaker. I just think she's brilliant. And I really love it. And I think it's fantastic. And I'm really pleased about it. And I, it's one of those things where I didn't know I wanted it this much till I saw it. Yes. And I think for, I grew up watching old, old Who, classic Who, on BBC Two. I've said this many times. Half past six. Half past six <laughs> on a night before Star Trek. I grew up with that, and I think, I don't know, I don't know if it was instilled in me, or just I, I just never really thought about it. I never thought about the Doctor as being, like, a bloke. I always just thought it was a Time Lord, isn't it? Um, and Time Lords are Time Lords, and they're always men. And I never really thought too much about it, because I was a kid. And then New, new Who came out, and they were dudes again, and I was like, okay... And I just, I don't think I ever really thought too hard. Pause for the siren to go past. And I, when everyone was, like, clamouring for a... Clamouring, I say clamouring. There was a lot of people going, oh, I really would love a female Doctor. And then Capaldi was announced. And I kind of, that was the first real thought I had of, oh, that would be quite cool. Mm. I'd really like to see that. And we were sort of starting to feel girls coming into other things at the time as well, like Star Wars and other stuff like that. And was, things were happening. And and I was like, course... actually, I really love the idea of having more heroes for young girls growing up. And of course, Moffat teased it years and years ago on Comic Relief with Joanna Lumley as a female Doctor. And... That. Yeah, nobody complained about it. It was obviously. It was, it, it, was it, done, it, it wasn't it was really. It was comic relief. It was. It was. <laughs> what, what an idea! Yeah. 
Whereas suddenly it was real. But just as a quick, yeah. as, as a quick aside, like but a, linked, a linked aside, has there been any other main character of a, of a big franchise that's been gender-swapped? People have I think said the closest, it's okay or it's not okay. The closest I can think of, really, and this isn't gender-swapping a character, but it is putting a woman in a role that previously always been men, uh, is Captain Janeway. Yes. I love her um, so much. You know, all the Star Trek... Captains had been men up until Janeway, and then suddenly there was Janeway, and it was not uncontroversial. There were people who did not like it. Yeah, there were people who said it was PC gone mad and all of that. But there were people that said that when Jean Luc Picard said, "We're no one." There are yes, there are people who were upset by that in 1988, 88, 89, 88, 88. I want to say yeah, yeah. I think it hit it hit the UK in 89, but I think it was. I feel like that. Yeah, Picard is a existence in Star Trek canon is older than my wife and that's horrifying but yeah um, so 88 I'm glad you've got something that makes you feel old <laughs> yeah so yeah so we've got a female doctor um, and I'm grateful extremely grateful I think she's perfect as well I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine anybody else doing the job that Jodie Whittaker has done no. in this series you see I I'm almost you know I'm not I'm almost one of those guys so I don't really care in any case, it's the Doctor to me. I don't care what gender they are. I don't care what colour they are. They're the Doctor to me. I don't see colour. I don't see gender. I just see the Doctor. I'm almost that. I'm not that. Obviously, I'm not that. I, do, I like that the Doctor is female because I think representation matters. I think it's good that there is a Doctor who little girls can be without needing to pretend they're David Tennant. Or they can still be little girls and they don't have to be the companion. I like that. Yeah. And I can see that that's important. Ultimately, and again, I'm going to say I don't care. I don't quite mean it like that. But honestly, if the Doctor wasn't female this season, I wouldn't have cared that much. I would still, I, I would have been sitting there going, well, it's inevitable that we're going to have a female Doctor. I wish they'd get on with it. Yeah. But, you know, whoever they picked was fine and that was great. What I do care about is that the Doctor is the Doctor. And with one glaring exception, Jodie Whittaker has been an exemplary Doctor all the way through. And she's think, great. I think that's the thing I agree with most in this, is that she's not playing a female Doctor. She's just playing she's the She's playing doctor. the Doctor. Uh -huh. yes. Absolutely agree, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've had a few nice little asides. There's the one in The Witchfinders where she's like, when I was a bloke, I never had to prove all this nonsense. I yes. could just get on with the job. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and so there's been a couple of things like that, but only ever, actually, within the context of... Of the narrative it's never felt it's never felt like that it's been accused of shoehorning that stuff in and i really don't think Not it has I, I i think that's all i, 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 I think some people are just looking out for anything yeah, that go, yeah oh, look, there it is, there it is, like there i is. i um i was re-watching the rewatched today i just thought well i got home from work for a couple of hours we're going to go and talk about this let's just do a rewatch uh so i watched a few choice episodes just you know as you do and i watched the first one and there's that beautiful moment where she she jumps with the crane and she grabs it and then she goes, legs used, definitely used to be longer. And you're like, yeah. that is a mood. Like, I'm five foot tall. Like, if I had suddenly gone from being like a six foot Scotsman to being a, a much shorter woman, yeah, you, that that weird yeah. Bambi moment yeah. in reverse. And actually, yeah, I, I, I saw brilliant. Of, I particularly like moments It's like, like new that. teeth only, but with better. legs. Yeah, better. Well, no, because I mean, in the past we've had, ooh, new teeth, weird. And... Mm, kidneys don't like the colour, and um, whereas this was actually not forced like that, it was relevant. It was, just, to, it was relevant to what was happening, yeah. and it's like, oh shit, I used to be able to do that, and now I can't because I'm not as tall as I used to be. Mm. Bugger. Uh, and, and, so I like that, and that's, that's a very positive thing about Chibnall's writing. Which Chibnall's writing is something we're probably going to come back to. Mm -hmm. I think I really do think I, I, my notes say here. I'm going to read from them because I've written them for the first time in my life. I think. 
thing. I didn't, I didn't even take notes when I was a teacher. I've actually written pretty much nails it. Things that I like. Okay, I'm going to do an action here, so sorry, listeners at home. You know when she gets the sonic screwdriver out and she does that? For those of you watching at home, it's when you whip your arm around over your head in a kind of uh, Pete no, Townsend-style guitar what play. I, yeah, what, I'm going to, what I'm going to call the Whittaker Flourish. I like it. Um, I love that. She does it every single time, and it's great. Yeah, and I also think that it, it kind of goes with the costume. It allows that coat to do the things that coat was designed to do. That is a bloody good coat. Which, yeah. is, which you know... Um, They've got some bloody good charity shops in Sheffield, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> um, the way the coat is allowed to billow when she does it, I think, you know, you get that superhero moment, which I really love, and often mm. the shot is from slightly below when she does it. And yeah. you just get that. That's it's, all it's matrix so nice. billowing. It's a yeah. cape. Yeah. It's a cape. It's a cape. It's a cape. She's a superhero. End, end of discussion there. Really. I mean, there was a whole Twitter thread where Rachel Stott is drawing her. I she is. And she did a whole thing, um, ex- like, discussing costume ages ago, like, when, when she was drawing it. And, and, like, literally, as she's drawing it, going, look, it's a cape. Like, you know, mm. come on now. Which abs- I love. I love so much. It's, I, we're not the first doctor to wear a cape, obviously. No. There is always Pertwee. Uh, but that was an opera cape. It was more of a, yes, it was more of a capelet. Not <laughs> That's what they were sold as a few years ago when they came back into fashion. Um, wasn't she in Titanic? Not even dignified. Insert badum tish here, please. That was a definite. <laughs> you know what? Something, something that is new to the... They were discussing this. I'm, I'm going to fess up. I'm, I'm ripping this point off because I agree with it. They were discussing on the Verity podcast, which if you are a Doctor Who fan and you don't listen to the Verity podcast, listen to the Verity podcast. It's awesome. It's a bunch of international women who love Doctor Who, and some of them sit up till ungodly hours in the morning because two of them are in North America, one's in Scotland and one's in Tasmania. <laughs> so there is some time-zoning issues going on. It's a good job it's about time travel show, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Tansy, Tansy and Tasmania is always at least a day in the future. But they were... Um, I can't remember who it was now that was saying it, but it doesn't really matter. Listen to Verity uh, and you'll find out. But they were saying she's very different in personality terms from Capaldi's Doctor. He was very grumpy and stuff. But if you look at Capaldi's character development across his three series, and particularly his final speech. Laugh hard. Run fast. Be kind. Above all, be kind. Mm. She's a direct continuation. Yes. Of that speech. She, she's, a, she's, a, she's playing the Doctor as a further development of the character that Peter Capaldi played. And what he wanted. And what that character wanted. Yeah. Now, I'm sure... Themselves. I'm sure that part of that is the writing, but it's also in her performance, and I love that. And you see it in things like uh, the very first episode. Sorry, Steve Steve was trying to be professional and silent the emotion that the screens had gone off on the computer, so we can't see that the recording's still working. But I have faith in technology, probably. The backup's still going, it's fine. The very first episode, The Woman Who Fell to Earth, when they find the body of the alien hunter, the mechanic, in his garage before yeah. she makes it. She, first of all, because Grace says... I'll go and get something to cover the body. Mm. And she says, thank you, first of all. And I'm just, sorry that you had to see that. And I'm yeah. sorry you had to see that. Yeah. N- neither are words that come out of the doctor's mouth very often. David Tennant used to say, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. A lot. But only usually after we'd really badly screwed something up. <laughs> so true. And was having a bit of an emo moment. She doesn't have emo moments. She just gets on with it. Yeah. Uh, it's because she's from York. Yeah. I, do you know what? <laughs> I'm... I, I, we said this last time, but I, I am loving the northernness. It is such a refreshing change. And I like that. I don't know whether this is a Britain thing or whether this is a Yorkshire thing, because I've never lived outside Yorkshire, because why would anybody want to do that? 
but there's a bit of a childlike quality in the way she talks about her friends' families. She re- she refers to Yaz's mum always as Yaz's mum, even when she's talking yeah. to her, and even when she tells tells says Nadia uh, repeatedly, yeah. she goes Yaz's mum. Yeah. Nadia. It's like yeah. this is my name. Please call me Yaz's mum. Hello, Yaz's mum. Yeah, that that feels like a very northern. And in the final Georgia. in the final episode of the series. I don't care that the BBC say it wasn't the final episode of the series. It was a, it was a New Year's special. It was the final episode. It was called Resolution and it resolved the series. So it was the bloody last anyway. Even when she's having a go at Ryan's dad, she calls him Ryan's dad. It's, uh, oh, Ryan's dad. Glad you're here. Bit of a shame you've not been here for the last 20 years or whatever it was. I loved that line so much. It was, <laughs> did punch the air a little bit. That yeah. was like, wow, that was she, northern. She didn't make a massive deal out of it, but at the same time, she made her displeasure mm-hmm. known, which I... Light. Uh, and again, you know, oh, Ryan, hello, Ryan's dad. All my mates used to do that. You know, not Ryan's dad, obviously, I know, it's called Ryan, but you know what I mean. And I also like, first episode, Grace dies on her watch, and we might come back to the fridging of Grace and whether it was a fridging or not. But well, we discussed that, I think, on the other yeah, episode, didn't we? We might still come back to it. It pissed a lot of people off, me included. I mean, but she stayed for the funeral. Mm. The doctor never does that. I think we mentioned this last yeah. time. Yeah, and in the uh, spiders, the spiders in Sheffield, spiders in the Yorkshire, mm. I can't remember the name of the episode because I'm terrible, it's me. Arachnids in, in the UK. Yeah, we all know that I don't remember names of anything which is why I screenshotted the IMDB page to remember the names of the characters even though I've just watched the damn thing I did the exact same things before it's, I am just useless <laughs> terrible memory uh, but played rugby I took a lot of hits to the head That's, I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> say, I'm just saying like and I've lost my point as well no uh, in Arachnids in the UK thank you when um, oh no I have lost my point damn it damn it damn it damn it damn it what were you saying she saved for the funeral. She saved for the funeral, yeah, yeah. Right at the beginning, where she's where we're all saying goodbye, you know, and there's always been that thing of like, I don't do that, I don't do that, I don't go in, I don't mm. stay for things, and all that. And, and you know, there's been little tippy toeing around it and bits, and you know, tenant doing Christmas dinner in that first one episode and stuff. But there's always been that the doctor doesn't stay thing, and we kind of tickled around the idea of the doctor staying a little bit with Matt Smith mm. and stuff like that, and being slightly involved with families in those bloody James Corden episodes, and mm. then um, oh, I'd forgotten about them. <laughs> Sorry. There's always one, isn't there? And um, we try and block them from our memories. Um, but, you know, when she's invited in, do you want to come in? She's just so excited and so happy to like, and yes, yeah. I want to come in. Yeah, tea at Yazza's, what could yeah. be better? Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> and I love that. That's that, that, yeah, that change. That, that, um, that willingness to at least figuratively and li- literally embrace yeah. the companions. Yeah. You know, where, where Capaldi famously didn't hug. Mm-hmm. and didn't trust a hug it was a way of hiding your face mm-hmm. whereas yeah she's very much yeah. I'm, I, I'm going to say one thing which may be slightly controversial I read this uh, on online after the the last episode which is that the Doctor in this season has actually been a supporting character in her own show because no, but... I think she is not the driving force of this season I'd agree with you there to a degree actually I think the companions have, have had a bigger story well More, two of them have yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think. That, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think the drive, the driving force of this season has very definitely been Ryan and Graham's arc. Yeah. Um, um, but I think also then also setting up a new yeah universe. Which I, which I, yeah, I, yeah, that whole setup feeling is something I very, very definitely had. Like we are laying the groundwork mm. on which to build this universe. And yeah. I yeah. think that is definitely a feeling I've had throughout. It's like, yep. Here's a little tickle bit of Yaz's family in the first three, four episodes. And then, like, let's move on and back to, or move back and mm, around. Yeah. And, you know, it's not... And I think if you told me that that's what they were going to do at the start of the series, my reaction would have been along the lines of, well, that sounds shit. <laughs> um, 
And I'm not a thousand percent happy with it, because that would be mathematically silly, but kind of like it. I like world-building shows. I like shows that take yeah. their time to explain. I like, yeah. I like that, that you have to then piece together yourself. I like that they're trusting us enough to say, yeah, do you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to make the effort to do this slowly. We're going to introduce you slowly, and you are going to learn a lot about these people, yeah. and you're going to come to care about them, and we trust you to have the patience, and we trust ourselves to make you want to do that. And I think it also shows as well that Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker are thinking for the long term. They're not thinking one season. I think out. so too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I saw a thing the other day that um, Jodie Whittaker had said there is a reason for every aspect of the Doctor's costume, and they will become apparent. And you sort of sit there and you go, okay, well, they've obviously got a long-term plan. They've got a long, mm. like, a, they're playing a yeah. very long there's game. A, there's a reason why none of the villains have died in this Absolutely. season. Absolutely, which is one of yeah. the things that people are really mad about. Yeah. And yeah, in the first episode, when Carl, I remembered his name, um, <laughs> really helpful, Carl on the crane kicks um, Tim Shaw off the crane. She said, you had no right to do that. And there's that, it sets up straight away that she has no intention of killing anybody. Yeah. Yeah. But it does also mean that throughout the series, there is no death of enemies, which has annoyed a lot of people. But I think it is preparing for like some kind of huge return on, on all of this. If they, Without if, doubt. If they want to. And I yeah. Think it's, yeah. You know, and we've seen the return of Tim Shaw. Yeah. We've not, and this is the thing as well with, with this season, particularly with the last episode, it didn't have the big spectacle that you would have. You didn't have 10,000 Daleks speeding through space or appearing over Canary Wharf. You or... then didn't have the big speech. You then The Doctor yeah. didn't monologue. She's never needed to, though. But that's what everyone expects from yeah. the yeah, 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 yeah. New Year special. But that's... You see... Yeah, the lovely lines, like, I tried to be nice. I'm going to try... I'm going to try and keep us on target. Um, For the first time... <laughs> Reg gets to stay on time. Yeah, I know, I know. What are you George? I'm finding, I'm finding out what it's like to be you before I drag us back to where I wanted us to be. No, we're back into being. A, uh, no, no, because it's relevant to what you just empire, said. And we might forget it later. <laughs> everyone expects the spectacular finale, and everybody expects the big Doctor's speech. Yeah, especially for the Christmas New only, yeah. only because most of the people who are watching now and knew who fans. You know, old gits like us, we're probably not the majority. No, they stopped watching after the first episode when the Doctor was a woman. Yeah. Some Bye. true true fans didn't. Oh, Christ, you should term true fans. True who? True who? <laughs> Look, I think, I think this is important. And it's, it's, again, this is, a, this is a point I came to by myself, but it's something that I've also heard on Verity and Radio Free Scarrow, which is another fantastic Doctor Who podcast. One of the Verities is married to one of the guys off Radio Free Scarrow. That's how they met. Not by being married, but through Doctor Who. They got married at a Doctor Who convention. It's kind of cool. It's amazingly nerdy and brilliant at the same time. Isn't it? Yeah. What's even better is that he's such a geek. He's a massive Lego geek as well. And he's built a Lego baseball stadium to scale for his minifigures. Wow. I know. Uh, anyway, you got to remember, Chris Chibnall is an old school Doctor Who fan. Chris Chibnall grew up, like I did, watching the classic series when it was actually on. Not repeats. He was on it. Chris Chibnall, and find the video of this on YouTube because it's adorable, as a teenager went on Channel 4's Right to Reply to complain about Doctor Who. Okay, he's that into it. Okay, it's that deeply ingrained in him. And what he's given us in season 11, and yes, I know, I'm aware, I'm vacillating between calling it a series and a season. 
I can't help it. It's because culture does that now. I mean series, okay? What he's given us is a classic Who series. Yeah. In yeah. series 11. It's it's very like... You know, lots of people have said, oh, Jodie Whittaker's trying a bit too hard to be David Tennant. And I actually don't see that. No, no I don't. Not at all. I see... If I, if I see parallels with any Doctor at all, it's with my Doctor. It's with the fifth. She's got a lot of shared traits with Peter Davison. And I think it's because they're both young. They're both very energetic. They're both a little bit enigmatic, but they're also both very enthusiastic, very bouncy. I like the thing now as well that the Doctor isn't trying to hide anything. There isn't a mysterious backstory now that that's kind of the the underlying thing the whole the tragic last of their race thing yeah is, is that's, long that's gone. kind of been <sighs> forgotten about now and it's just it's, Five relief, yeah, yeah it's just like let's just go and do adventures let's go and yeah. let's go look at amazing things not let's suddenly have to go to this place because i did something terrible here and we have to it's, and check it. yeah. it's almost like i mean she actually hasn't said this and i i really hope they don't write this i'm very much getting the vibe when she's sort of hooking up with the companions, she's almost going, right, do you want to come out to play? Yeah. And it's, let, let's go have an adventure, let's go do something fun, yeah. rather than, let's go and save the universe and worry a little bit, and then be angst-ridden about the people we failed to save. And, just, <laughs> um, and there's, there's, you know, there, there are examples of that that we're probably going to come to. But, dragging us back to where I wanted us to be, um, just have a quick look at the companions, and I'm going to start with Yaz, um, because Yaz... Again, it says in my notes, I've written it down, criminally underused. I agree wholeheartedly. Yes. Because she's great. Yeah. I love Yaz. The first, what, five, six episodes, she was carrying it as Absolutely. much as the others that she was doing to And then I think after the the Indian episode. Demons of the Punjab. Thank you. It's they were, just me then. They were done with her. <laughs> and I think they could have they could they have actually didn't... returned her and, and almost forgot about her. But they they didn't like, well, give her... Anything to do. She did nothing in the last, what, two, three episodes? It really it really irritated me a lot, actually, yeah. especially in the New Year's episode. I'm like, okay, they literally, a police car got, like, destroyed. The people got murdered and taken. Yep. Surely She's a police she's officer. She's a police officer. Surely there should have been some ramification there. Yep. She could have known those people. Like, yeah. they, sh- they, you know, there should have been some link there. They're going to do that. And they could easily, do put, it. they could easily have written that in. And they had the time. And they had the time because we had a five. I timed it. A five-minute conversation about a toaster oven between Ryan and Ryan's dad. And I don't care. It was Chekhov. It was yeah. Chekhov. It was Chekhov's toaster oven. Chekhov's microwave. Yeah. But I, I don't. Chekhov's microwave. <laughs> But I don't care. That was too long. It screwed up the pacing. And, you know, if you're making a two-hour show, fine. Put that five-minute conversation in. Otherwise... They didn't spend that long talking about the goddamn cigar in episode two. So why did they need no. to talk that? And that was, you know, kind of more interesting so, in its use. But, I mean, we mentioned... taught us something about science. <laughs> the toaster oven did not teach us about science. It lied. That was just some full-on, pulled-it-out-of-my-ass bullshit with a toaster, with a microwave oven. It really <laughs> was. Techno-bubble, yeah. Techno-bubble, yeah. 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 Whereas, you know, at least the other one was kind of, you know, the cigar, Chekhov's cigar, was actually logical. <laughs> but we did, we have seen her being a police officer, even in that episode, actually, when when they need to get the two archaeologists out of the tunnels. Yeah. The doctor tells Yaz to, to escort them out, and of course she does. 
and she was very much right. You just come along with me, yeah. yeah, sir, madam. Back into it. And we see her in the Spider episode, or in the UK. I love her in that. When the bodyguard pulls the gun, yeah, yeah she's, she's interposing. She yeah. puts her body in between the gun and everybody she else. Was phenomenal in that episode. That episode with her and her family, I mm. adore. I love it so much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I did literally watch it two hours ago. Um, but it's brilliant, and her acting is amazing. Mandy she's Gill great. Is brilliant. Mandy, yeah, Mandy Gill is amazing. It just seems like they've forgotten what they need to do for that she character. Mm. I mean, she comes as a character. She comes across as just an excellent copper. Oh. Oh, yeah. And um, it's almost like she should be in uniform the whole time. As if yeah. it's part of they, her. They, yeah. need, they need to do an episode where the she's a, pulls her off the street yeah. and says, Don't worry, I'll bring you right back well, here you know finish your shift. I'd like then, to see I'd like to see an episode of Doctor Who where we follow a day in the life of Yaz. Um, Yas Patel, police constable, PC Patel. Um, maybe the doctor, maybe the doctor helps us solve a case. Except she wouldn't need the doctor to help us solve a case because she's quite capable of. It's clear she's quite capable of doing that on her own. Um, she's relentlessly competent, is what I've written in my notes. So what you're saying and is she they kicks need... a football really well and uh, references actual England women's players. Very impressed. also liked that. I noticed that that was good. So you're saying they need to do an episode like in Buffy where it was all about Xander. Doing his thing, the Zeppo, whilst, the yeah, Zeppo, yeah, episode, whilst, yeah, whilst Buffy and everyone's in the background saving the world. He's yeah, doing his yeah, thing very much, yeah. very much. I would love that yeah. so much. Um, and give me more of Yaz's family. I love them. More of Yaz's family. Is his sister ever going to look up from that phone? <laughs> and her dad with his bad papakore. That just cracks me up. Yeah. Like when the doctor just says, "Shall I leave you to make your bad papakore? I'll go find your package." It's just like brilliant, amazing. I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of online Twitter chatter because, of course, they have because it's Twitter. Chibnall said that there was going to be LGBTQ representation in the TARDIS team, yeah. and so the the implication is that Yaz is bisexual. I mean, the only evidence we've got. Is that um, Yaz's, Yaz, Yaz, Yaz's Yaz. mum asks everybody whether they're seeing Yaz or not? <laughs> yeah, I got that more just that Yaz's mum is just very hopeful that Yaz is going to celebrate. Yeah, I just, I just think, yeah, I, I don't think that's such a mother thing. Means yeah. anything. I yeah. think she just wants Yaz to have some friends. Yeah. Um, but we're all hoping for it. I, 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 I'm sorry. I should not speak for the entire of the queer community, but generally, everything I see from my side of the street is please God let it happen um, I, I follow quite a lot of the same people you do on Twitter yeah, I see the same everyone thing everyone is very very uh, up for that whole thing um, and and you know why the hell not well I see certainly I, mean, I, I really hope they don't take this any further than it's already gone because Hanky Panky in the TARDIS is very Bad much times. verboten, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Babies could end up with TARDIS heads. Um, <laughs> well, the only time there's been confirmed... Or collapsing into white goo. Well, the, the, yeah, the only time there's been confirmed Hanky Panky in the TARDIS, we ended up with River Song, which is great, but we maybe don't want too many of those running around. <laughs> no, I want more of them. No, I want but so certainly, many more. Really certainly there must never, ever, ever be a Doctor companion romance. Tennant and Rose was bad enough. Oh, the worst. But they're clearly playing... Mandy- I don't know whether this is in the script or whether it's just Mandit Gill having a laugh, but she's definitely playing Yaz as having a massive girl crush on the Doctor. Oh, yeah. It might be a platonic girl crush. It might yeah. not. But it's a, she's clearly got... A, I mean, it's it's the one bit of character development Yaz has been allowed. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it's, 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 and I can't help thinking it might have been ad-libbed. Which is, it is just such a shame that the last few episodes, and especially the, the New Year's episode, she did nothing. She's... Yeah. I, I, she was, yeah. Cr- like you say, criminally underused. Because... And I watched it, and I was just like, was she even there? Ryan's dad. I mean, ugh. Sorry. I'm just so over that whole thing. I very much feel the same way the Doctor did, like... Well, you have many years too late to yeah. work. Off yeah, your, off your title, love. Yeah, you're not going to solve this whole family crisis with a microwave oven. Oh, but wait. Oh, you did. I have <laughs> so many swear words. It was still Chekhov's microwave. It really was. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, we are in agreement. We want more Yaz. 
We want yes. a lot more Yaz. We want Yaz to have amazing things to do. And yeah, also, totally. I my my prediction was that um, Graham was not going to last this season. That we that we might lose him. And I am so glad he's still going. I'm so you glad know, he's still with us. I really love him. Yeah. Shall we move on to Graham? Because because yeah. my God, I was prepared to hate that man. I was like, what is the point? Why? Bradley, Why Bradley Walsh, Walsh? and Doctor yeah. Who should not. Go together. I was say, I I was not. It's like a cheese and jam sandwich. It just shouldn't work. And I yet... was I was not convinced about him until I was convinced about him before the, the show started. Just because I spoke to Mike Collins, yeah, who who said, and if you listen to the last episode, you know this anecdote, so I'll keep it quick. But I said, oh, that's that's the worst stunt, stunt casting since Bonnie Langford, and he said, now nah, Catherine Tate. Uh, okay, yeah, okay, that's maybe maybe this is going to work. And then he was just there from episode one. He was just there, and he's been relentlessly brilliant. I want Bradley Walsh to win a BAFTA for Doctor Who. I think he's earned it. I think absolutely. He's great. Yeah. He really is great. And, like, so much of it, like, just I love the moments where he's just, like, you know, a very much a me old China, and he's having a lovely time. Yeah. And I love that when he goes really, really London. It, it just is a really beautiful contrast to the northernness. But also... It's just then he's so sweet and empathetic yeah. and kind towards Ryan, and you just want family, and that's lovely. I love the idea and of, he's so, of, of him of, as I think an older of all guy. The characters in this this season series, he has probably had the biggest character arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's so desperate for Ryan to call him granddad. Yes, and there's so much wrapped up in that, and, yeah. and he was so desperate for the fist bump as well. Yeah, Bless yeah, because he's trying so hard to be street. Yeah, like you would. If you were the step-granddad to a 19-year-old Northern <laughs> Sheffield black kid, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd be trying... He's trying so damned hard. He just wants to be accepted. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> I, I he's that. Bradley Cooper. It's, 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 it's not Bradley Cooper. Wish we wish it was Bradley Cooper. It's Bradley Walsh. <laughs> Actually, I really don't wish he was Bradley Cooper. I hate but I think he's... he's <laughs> Graham is, I think, the heart of the show. He's the conscience of the TARDIS. It's the conscience of the team. Which makes it all the more harder when you realise that's how they're going to get you because we've all fallen so much in love with yep. Graham that you know next season... It's going to be Rory all two, over again. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna take him out and it is going to be heartbreaking. Yeah. Because he, he is in remission. Let's not forget. Oh, Don't forget. I had he forgotten. He is in remission. I had forgotten. Yeah. Shit. That's what they're going to do, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. And the doctor's not going to be able to do anything about that it. Would yeah. be, that would be. That would be. Because she's not a medical doctor. Stab in the heart. Oh. Misery. But you know what she's going to do? She's going to take him back to have one last day with Grace. Oh my God! I'm getting goosebumps. I'm not even going to lie. Cr- the, the BBC, Chris, Chibs, baby, <laughs> if you're listening, for Christ's sake, don't do that. I will drown in my own tears. Um. But yes, I, mean, I like the way he's the one who gives. He's as a character, he's so caring. He's the one who dishes out the fatherly advice to everybody, including in Demons of the Punjab, a guy he knows he's going to die the next day, mm. and he still sits him down and gives him the fatherly. Yeah. This is you, this, yeah. This is the day before you get married. It's a big commitment. You've got to, you know. I thought he was absolutely excellent in the the Rosa Parks episode. His expression when he was sitting on the bus when he realised that he, he, heartbreaking. he had he, to be he that guy. Be. He's so much. Didn't want to yeah, be. Yeah, I have to be a dick. I have to he sit was, here and mm, not move. He was hating that he had to be that guy. Yeah. And every instinct in him was to stand up and say, "We're not having this. We're not. We're not doing it." And had he been on his bus in Sheffield, 
he would have had none of it. Yeah. And he would have laid the law down really hard and he couldn't do it. And it was, but also right at the start of that episode, when Ryan tries to give the lady a glove back and her husband turns around and slaps him across the face. Yeah. Don't you talk to my wife, boy. Yeah, Graham is appalled at that, but his first instinct, instinct is let's not let Ryan get himself into trouble. This right. is a young lad and he's going to swing, him. he's going to swing him. for him. Yeah. And so he was right there, right there, um, which is why he earns the granddad when he gets it. And it's why he earns the yeah, fist bump when he gets it. The and this is the thing, the, the episode when he was then suddenly hell-bent on revenge with Tim Shaw, and it was just like, whatever you... And the fact he had to take the doctor to one side, it's like, whatever you ask me to do, I don't care. My goal is to yeah, go and kill I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah, mm. I'm going to go and do it. And then it was like, no matter what, no matter what you say, no matter how many times you try and stop me, that's my goal. And I liked, actually, that the, the doctor didn't... She could have said, right, you, back in the TARDIS, yeah. you're not coming. She could have done that. She didn't. Yeah. She actually said, look, if you do that, these are the consequences of you doing that. And then trusted him to go and get on with it. That's a very doctory thing that a lot of other doctors wouldn't have done. Mm. No, she didn't even keep him with her. She let him go off and do his own thing. Yeah. Um, and it was Ryan who talked him down. And, you know, in the past, it would have been David Tennant. Yeah. Who was there, you know, standing between the gun and I Tim Shaw. I think for me, though, it made far more sense it would be someone that knew Grace and loved Grace that yeah. would be able to do that. It doesn't actually make logical, emotional, narrative sense for someone who is your friend but doesn't know you as well and isn't related to the person to talk you The down. doctor didn't have the right to say no. your grandma would, you know, Grace wouldn't like that. Whereas Ryan yeah. said that Gran would have hated that. Yeah. Gran wouldn't want you to do this. Gran would want you to be the better man. Mm. Yeah, Ryan has the right to say that. Yeah. The doctor really doesn't. And this doctor accepts that. Absolutely. It's possibly the first Doctor ever who would have accepted that. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot about this Doctor that is trying to do the things that Capaldi laid out in that speech and also is accepting that she is not in control of everybody's actions all the time mm. and isn't able to prevent certain things and has to do things a certain way. Like like you say with Rosa Parks, like the only way we're going to do this is to let it happen as it's going to happen, as hard as that is for all of us. Yeah, you know we've got to let this happen, and you know knows that certain things can't happen. Like that, if she, if he kills Tim Shaw, that's it; he's done for. It's over. Mm. And it, and you know it's not just like you booted out the TARDIS. He, she's like, you're going to ruin your own life without even having to spell out in exactly those mm. terms. But you will not be the person. You know, killing someone changes you fundamentally. You will be a completely different exactly. person. You will no longer be Graham. Yeah, exactly. Not Graham Sinclair, is it? Is his last name? You're asking me. Yeah, I just sorry. called him Bradley Cooper. Don't ask me. <laughs> okay. It's Ryan Sinclair. Sorry, it's Ryan Sinclair. I've got a screenshot. Hang on. Graham O'Brien. Graham O'Brien. Of course, it's Graham O'Brien. So, yeah, I like that. And Ryan. I adore Ryan almost as much as I adore Yaz. And I know Ryan a lot better because we've seen a lot more of him. Um, well, he's, he's had also a character arc. A, big, a fantastic a big arc. arc. What a huge arc. I mean, as an actor... A relatively unknown actor mm. to pull that off, and a young actor too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he's older than the character he's playing, but I don't think he's a yeah. lot older. Yeah, I'd say he's early. Can't 20s. tell you because I'm looking at the screenshot because um, the internet isn't working yet. But I love his humour. I love the I love the the, the slap the almost slapstick bit, um, the bit in the second episode where he goes chasing after the robots with the ray gun. Yeah, and then runs away again. Is it, I've, I've a lifetime of playing Call, Call of Duty. I've got this. Yeah, and then he runs out of bullets or whatever the. Things How do you reload this? Where's the reload? And, like, Where's the... Yeah. and it's not just, Where's the reload? It's, Where's the reload? Where's the reload? <laughs> Screaming and waving it in the air, running away. Um, <laughs> I'm, 
which I think is pretty much how we all would act. In <laughs> and I love the, yeah, in, in, the Rosa, in the Rosa Parks episode, you know, it's, it's like, yes, Martin Luther King. <laughs> yes, Rosa Parks. And then when he sends the, the, the greaser space racist millions of years back into the past. <laughs> That's attack, the best description the, of him. The evil leaper. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he says, nice job, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, well done, Ryan. I, I, I love those little touches. There is one thing that's really, really, really pissed me off about Ryan since episode, since the start of episode three until the last episode where it gets mentioned. It was dyspraxic at the start of the season. Yeah. Yep. And then suddenly it isn't mentioned and does not affect him. He has like a miracle cure for his dyspraxia, which is not mentioned, referenced, there's, there's no evidence of it. That, that whole... The, it's the TARDIS. The TARDIS, yeah, I was going to say. Until, until at the very end of the, the last episode, or the, the New Year special, if you must, when he, he does... He, I can't remember what he does, but he does something successfully and says, that's not bad for a lie with his practice, is it? It's like, oh, you've remembered! Yeah. He, it's, I mean, it's not like he's climbing ladders every five seconds, but there is that whole, uh, in the tunnels, the episode in... Uh, Scandinavia, and he goes yeah. through the cave, yep. leading a blind girl, yep. and he's yep. perfectly fine. Yep. Dude would have fallen over a fair now, amount, I feel, there. I'm not dyspraxic, but I've taught a lot of dyspraxic kids. You can't just turn it off. No. It affects everything you do, all day, every day. It, it's always there. And Facial awareness in a cave situation with dim light he is, a, is a nightmare. And yeah, not so light of it, but you don't actually have to do that much. You need to hit his head a couple of times or, you know, bang his shoulder trip. on something, trip over, drop something. But if they're going to make it... Even if you just said, hang on a minute, I'm dyspraxic. Yeah, I need, I need to take this slowly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But just to, to set it up at the start and then not mention it at all. And I kind of it's... thought, like, I know it's completely wildly different. But, like, having uh, someone with, you know, um, uh, essentially it is, it's a spatial awareness movement disorder mm-hmm. and a blind person leading each other through a dark space, you know. They could have done something so amazing much they with could that. have done with that. Because, actually, she should, really, she should have taken that take over because she doesn't need to be able to see because she can't. Mm-hmm. And she's also, and this is really important, not dyspraxic. No. So between them, they could have had a whole teamwork situation that yeah, would have been yeah. quite interesting to see that interplay. And they just kind of went. And, if, and I actually thought, I expected it. I fundamentally yeah. expected that to happen. I expected that to be the whole point. Yeah. And then it wasn't. And I was like, oh, I feel a little bit robbed here. And in fact, in terms of, you know, representation matters and all of that. Mm. If, you know, if you're a dyspraxic kid sitting at home and you see Ryan successfully navigate that mm. using teamwork. Mm in spite of his dyspraxia, that's quite a positive thing to see. Yeah. Whereas what he actually, what you're actually sitting at home and see is his dyspraxia not mattering in the slightest, mm. which is simply not realistic. And, you know, I wouldn't go on about it, but they didn't have to make him dyspraxic. No. <laughs> yeah, they, so They chose to make him they, dyspraxic. You know, they chose reason. to do that and then did nothing with it. And that seems odd to me. I will confess... They, you know, they don't have to mention every single episode, but in that specific situation... Yeah. It is definitely something that should have come up. And just, you know, just... However, as we said, they're, they're building foundations. This could be something that will come back in later seasons. I have to, it may be something. I have to say, I was slightly expecting, and still sort of am still slightly expecting, that at some point there's going to be a major plot point that involves Ryan doing something successfully on a bicycle. 
or having uh, maybe going maybe, to have to cycle to the rescue or something. Maybe he has to climb a ladder whilst unplugging something at the same time, and he's got to he's got to try and defuse yeah. something. Something. The yeah, something. Yeah. But as I say, they didn't have to reference it directly, but just. Ryan, all series, Ryan has been doing stuff in the background. And you said they could have had him just, like, just, you know, knocking something over or something in the background at the same time as he's doing his shadow puppets and all that. Because Ryan doing the shadow puppets in the background was just brilliant. I think I missed that bit. I think, I think it was in Arachnids in the UK. I must have missed it. So the doctor's, the doc, I can't remember, that in the foreground, the doctor is talking to somebody. I think it might even have been Yaz. Uh, and in the background, completely not involved in the scene at all, except he's just in the background, Ryan was doing shadow puppets on the wall. Um, in uh, the TARDIS? No, they were, they were, they were in a location right. somewhere. I think it, I, I'm pretty sure it was the Arachnids episode, and... I have just missed that, like, literally. They were in, just missed that. they were in the hotel. <laughs> I might be wrong about which episode it was, okay. but there's definitely a moment, because I, it, I, I just howled. With laughter when I saw that. So they could have done that with Ryan, mm, and yeah. they didn't, and it made me cross. Yeah. Uh, it's one of, the, one of the flaws of the series for me. And that seems like pretty much the right place to wrap this up for this week. Uh, because I am a blithering idiot, we didn't record a proper outro. So, from me, Reggie Rigby, uh, and also from Hat, and from Steve, until next week, when we will continue this conversation, we'll see you at the gates. Thank you for listening to the Geeks at the Gate podcast. us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geeks at the gate or contact us on Twitter at geeks at the gates or contact us by email on mail for geeks at the gates at gmail.com that is the number four not the word geeks at the gates is a production of Venus Rising Media and is proudly made in Yorkshire I didn't make notes. What? I didn't make notes. I, I, you always make notes. I know. <laughs>